Welcome back to another episode. I'm Darlene, and this podcast is Become a Calm Mama. And I'm a life and parenting coach, and I help moms and dads raise emotionally healthy kids without losing their shit. <laughs> That's what we do here on this episode on this podcast. And we're gonna talk today about meltdowns, one of your favorite topics, and siblings in one episode. So you're going to love this one. What I know as a parenting coach, I've been doing this for over 10 years and I've been a mom for 18, is there are three things that are the hardest for moms. And the first is kids not listening. The second are meltdowns. And the third are sibling fights. These are the things that drive us the most crazy. They are the core issues that lead moms to yelling. And then we're filled, we feel guilty. And then we're stuck in that like guilt, resentment, overwhelm, confusion cycle. So the purpose of this podcast is to help us get out of that cycle of yelling at our kids, feeling badly, and then not really making any improvements in the way that they manage their emotions or whether or not they take personal responsibility for their behavior, like whether they learn to behave in ways that work. So that's what we do on this, on this podcast. That's what I do in my programs and Calm Mama Coaching. And I wanted to give you today, like last week we talked about kids not listening. It was kind of a long episode. So, you know, hopefully it was really jam-packed for you. I'm sure it was. But I gave so many examples about limits. And it's, you know, one of the things that is hardest for parents to do, we're really good at telling our kids what to do, but we're really bad at following through. And we're really bad at setting up our limits without commands. And so, you know, it's something we talk about in my programs in the club for the moms who've been around, you know, in the club for a while, we just, you know, we talk about limits and how to set limits in different scenarios. And then in my new program, Raise Emotionally Healthy Kids, you are going to get the foundations of emotional coaching your kid, managing your own emotions and setting limits. Like this is the core of what we do in my programs. But today I want to give you like a quick, I'm hoping it will be quick episode, reminding you of just the basics for how to manage meltdowns and the basics for handling sibling fights. I want you to be able to pop this podcast episode in and just get what you need right away and deal with your kids. All right, so we're going to get right into meltdowns. Now, meltdowns, I call them big feeling cycles. Some people call them temper tantrums, right? And really, it is a moment when your child is completely overwhelmed and that overwhelm, that emotional, physical, mental overwhelm shows up in an extreme way. That's how come we think of it as a tantrum, right? It's like, or a meltdown, right? I like to think of it as a big feeling cycle because I love putting the word cycle in there because it helps you realize that it will end. All big feeling cycles end. And the reason why I know that is because currently your children might be having one, but they had one earlier. So at some point in time, there was a break between big feeling cycles. Like they all end. Otherwise, we'd all be crying all the time. So you know what a big feeling cycle looks like because you're a parent, right? But it's like 
your kid is yelling, they're throwing, they're hitting, they're kicking, they're spitting, they're crying, they're running away, they're slamming doors, they're yelling at you, go away, you're a mean mommy. They're screaming or screeching, they're name calling, they're, they're proper, like throwing stuff, property damage, like, you know, uh, just taking the table and like little kid table and dumping it on the ground or whatever. They might be harming themselves. Some kids bite themselves. Um, some kids sa- say things like, I wish I was dead or they, you know, kind of internalize it or any behavior that your kid does that feels intense or off track. That's a big feeling cycle. Okay. And most people call them meltdowns. You know, some people still call them temper tantrums. It's all the same. They are happening because this is so important. If you get this, I promise it will be easier for you to handle these. They happen when your child doesn't know how to express their feelings in ways that work. Just like you sometimes yell and get overwhelmed with your kids, it is because you don't know how to cope with the intensity of your emotion. You are not wrong for not knowing that. Your child is not wrong for not knowing that. It's just a skill set that we want to develop in ourselves and our kids. So they either have like, you know, this overwhelm, this overload, and they don't know how to express it. So it shows through their body. Or they don't know how to cope with whatever is happening. Like it's too much. And so they're kind of looking like to show you, help me. Man, if you could look at meltdowns and think that the person, I I like to say this, I like to say, this is pain talking. It gives me a perspective when I'm watching a child or my child even just kind of lose it, right? I'm like, oh, this is pain. This is discomfort. This is... This is hard for them. And the more comfortable I am with my child's discomfort, the more ease I feel, the less panic I feel about it, the easier it is for me to help them through it. So how do we do it? Here's a simple script to help you move your child through a big feeling cycle using the connection tool. The connection tool is one of the most important tools I teach. I'm giving it to you free on this podcast, uh, even though I'd love for you to join my program because I know that you need it. If you want help learning how to do it and you want to get better and better at it, sign up for Raise Emotionally Healthy Kids and get help right away. But you don't have to. You can just practice on your own. And it's this tool, the connection tool. So the first thing I like to do when my kid is having a big feeling cycle is narrate what I am seeing. So I'm going to narrate what the child is saying or the child is doing. You're screaming really loudly. You're throwing chairs on the ground. You're saying, I hate mommy. You're saying, this family sucks. You're saying, the rules in this house are lame. (laughs) Okay. You are hitting your brother. Ooh, I know some of you are like, you can't just narrate that. You have to stop that. That's wrong. Yes. Everyone stays safe in your house, but you can step in while narrating to them, hey, you're doing this behavior. A lot of times people, but particularly children, they don't even know what they're doing. Remember, they're not in their cognitive mind. They're in a stress response. They're acting it out. 
They don't even know what's happening. So you can say, I see you are doing this or I hear you're saying this. So it's one sentence. It's an observation. Then name the emotion that might be driving that behavior. So you're like, I see you throwing chairs on the ground. I wonder if you're feeling really mad. I hear you saying you're, you hate mommy. I wonder if you're feeling really sad. I wonder if you're feeling really scared. I wonder if you're feeling really hurt. I wonder if you're feeling really disappointed. I wonder if you're feeling really jealous. I wonder if you're feeling really overwhelmed. I wonder if you're feeling like there's so many. Okay. Now in the beginning, or if you have young kids, you want to just keep it real simple. Sad, mad, glad, scared. So you're going to be narrating and naming. So you narrate what you can see and you name the emotion. Now I want you to say it like that as a question. I wonder if you're feeling blank. It's very hard for kids to answer the question, what are you feeling? Because it's a big giant mess. If they knew what it was called, they probably wouldn't be having a big feeling cycle. If they knew how to talk about it, they wouldn't be having a big feeling cycle. If they knew what to do with it, they wouldn't be having a big feeling cycle. That's what emotional literacy is. I know what I'm feeling. I know how to talk about it. I know what to do with it. And if they're not articulating it, that probably means they don't know what it's called. So you're making a guess. You're helping them. The other thing kids don't like to hear is, I wonder, or I I know you're mad. I can tell you're mad. I can tell you're sad. Having someone tell you the emotion is sometimes really difficult because it's more than that. Usually it's in addition to that, there's more stuff going on, but they don't want, they feel like you're pigeonholing them. That's why it's like, I wonder if you're angry. Yes, I'm angry. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you're showing me you're angry by throwing things. Okay. I heard you. I see you. I see you are angry. Yeah. Your anger makes sense. Of course you're mad at mommy. Mommy said no cookies. Yes, that's fine. Or like older kids. Yeah, you, you probably are angry. I, you were looking forward to look, having the iPad and now you don't. Of course you're angry. Older kids, yeah, you thought you were going to get your allowance this week and I just told you you're not because you did not do blankety blank. So it makes sense that you would be angry. So we're going to narrate what we can see. We're going to name that behavior and then we're going to validate it. We're like, yeah, of course. Yes. Makes sense for sure. In that moment, don't go in and like rationalize it or like defend yourself or explain or lecture. Like that's not, not helpful to be honest in the moment. So You narrate it, you name it, you validate it. And then you're like, okay, so what are you going to do? You can't be throwing chairs. Okay. It makes sense that you feel that way, but you can, you know, stay in this room as long as you're not throwing chairs. You can set a limit right there. Or I'm happy to listen to you as long as you speak kindly to me. You can be mad. You cannot say I hate you to mommy. I'll listen when you stop saying I hate you. Now, it'd be really amazing if you could just allow the I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you and see it as an expression of their emotion without taking it personally. So sometimes in that moment with a big feeling cycle, you have to decide, 
Do you need to be setting a limit? Because when you set a limit, you're actually hoping that your child can calm that nervous system, that emotional regulation, calm their reactivity in the moment, and then reach for logic or thought, right? That's a real big leap. But you can try with a limit and see where it goes. Your, your child may or may not comply. If you do a limit and they don't comply and then you follow through with a consequence right then, that big feeling cycle is going to escalate. That's not necessarily a problem, but just realize that it, it may. So I like to like reset a limit there in that big feeling cycle and see if their brain can catch up and can shift gears and can be like, okay, she knows I'm mad. Okay. Okay. So what do I, I got? If I want to stay here? Yes, I want to stay here. Okay. Okay. What do you need to do with these big feelings? What do you need to do with this anger? What do you need to do? Wait, do you want to smash a, you know, smash a, a pillow? Do you need to go outside? Do you need to jump in down? Do you need to, you know, smack your hands together? This is the toolkit, right? This is like, I have so many, so many options for kids to do with their big feelings, like the now what, right? So we want to give our kids a tool set, a, a toolkit for how to deal with their big feelings, but they don't, they won't take your tool until you, they feel heard, until they feel validated, until they feel seen. So giving your child a way to express their big feelings in ways that work is important within a limit if, if, if you're able to set a limit in that moment. Now, this connection tool is how you raise emotionally healthy kids. This is the key. This is a simplified tool that I created in order to like hack compassion and hack emotional coaching. It's like, cut through the noise and give you the exact script so that you can can active activate and connect with your kid in this calm way. Now this the tool it only works if you're truly calm because if you're if you're not able to validate their emotion, they'll sense it and then they'll escalate the big feeling cycle. But it, you know you can do it though. You can still do the connection cycle, the connection tool. It's like your attempt to connect matters a lot. Even if it doesn't quite land for them, even if it doesn't quite shift them, that's okay. Even if you do it perfectly and you're super calm, they may not shift. It's like, I, I think of it like a train leaving the station. Like you've just got to wait till it gets to the next station or a, uh, a roller coaster ride, right? Like gets to the top and then just like releases and you have to just ride the whole ride. You cannot stop it in the middle. You have to wait till it like comes back to, you know, the platform, right? Where you can get on the, you know, where you can get off the ride. That's kind of how big feeling cycles are. Oh, I wanted to say this. Sometimes the entire connection tool is done silently. <laughs> Some kids or some moments happen where if you talk at all, your kid is going to lose their mind. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? So if if that is where your kid is, you're still going to go, what are they doing? You're going to narrate the behavior for yourself. 
You're going to go, what is the emotion that's driving it? And just ask yourself, I wonder if it's, what's the limit here? What can they do? What's allowed? And, you know, doing that in your head, your, your posture, your energy, your face, your body language, everything will soften. And even though you might not say anything, you're communicating a ton to your kid. They definitely sense that you are present, paying attention, and noticing and seeing them. The coolest thing about doing this is that it actually calms the big feeling cycle so much faster. It's like the thing you want is to decrease the intensity and the duration of the big feeling cycle. And you want me to help you do that, right? Like how can I, how can I get this meltdown to end? And I'm telling you, soften your heart, see it as emotion being expressed and your child will sense that softening and they will calm down. I have watched it for decade now, like watching parents do this tool and their kid calming. It's really amazing. I, I just, I don't know how else I can express it to you, how valuable it is as a parent to do this work and how much it creates safety. It teaches them emotional regulation. It creates more uh, calm in your family long-term. It makes it less overwhelming for you. Your child grows up to be emotionally healthy. You get a good relationship with them because they feel really safe. They feel really seen by you. It's, it's the magic. It's magic. <laughs> it's what it's all about. So now I want to talk about siblings because the thing that is so difficult about siblings is that in a moment, lots of times, you both of your kids are, or three or four or five, are having big feeling cycles at the same time. Or you have one in a big feeling cycle and you have the other kid trying to show that they're better and so they're proving that they're really good and this other one that's having the big feeling cycle is super bad or they're trying to calm the one with the big feeling cycle and they're trying to parent them and that's also annoying because you're trying to do your thing. Like adding another human to the dynamic when someone is in a big feeling cycle is hard. Now you have you, your child in a big feeling cycle, your other child in a big feeling cycle, and maybe even you in a big feeling cycle, right? Okay. Most important thing when siblings happen is you get calm. You go to the pause break. I have episode upon episode where I talk about it, but particularly in the like episodes like seven, eight, nine or something like that, I teach you exactly how to do a pause break. But in it, you're going to stop, delay, and reset. So you're going to stop talking, stop interacting, stop being a mom for a second, be a human. You're going to delay your reaction. You're not going to talk to anybody and you're going to reset by soothing yourself, either moving your body or calming your nervous system. I like to put my hand on my heart and just be like, this moment is really hard. But when I was first practicing, I couldn't just say something like that that would calm me down. I had to like move my body. I had to like clap my hands together or like jump up and down or go get water or like just do something <laughs> with my body. So calm yourself. You're out of your big feeling cycle. 
you've got two kids in a big feeling cycle. Now, most of the time with sibling stuff, I do encourage you to let it go a little bit longer and just see if they can solve the problem themselves. Ultimately, it is their job to figure out how to be in a relationship with each other. That's that's their job as as humans in a relationship is to know how to handle conflict with each other. So we want to teach them to have handle conflict on their own. We also, I want to say that with siblings, sometimes they fight because of their big feelings and they're like, you know, they just both like are competing over territory or possessions or attention or some kind of thing they're competing against, you know, against each other with. And, you know, it just gets upsetting and then they both have big feelings. Other times they'll start fighting as a form of entertainment, as a way to release boredom, as a way to release some of their big feelings. Like, Dumping your junk on your sister or your brother is such a great tool to regulate emotion. Now, is it great for you as the mom? No, it is beyond irritating, but it does help them. I bet you've done this with your partner, your husband or your wife uh, or your spouse, uh, where you kind of pick a fight with them and like, it just kind of feels good to like, be sort of snarky and and bitchy and then you feel like you feel bad but you also like got some of that tension out you know that's what kids do so what do you do when you do need to step in I want you to move from the judge role to the guide role okay so you're not going in trying to figure out who is the wrong one and who is the right one You might have to go back to like 14 years ago to figure that out, like however old they are, because, you know, sibling conflict is just like a long conversation. So you're not trying to, you know, be like, who's that? Like, I don't know who solves Columbo or whoever solves, you know, crimes, um, Sherlock Holmes or whatever. You're not trying to do that. What you are doing is guiding your children through this particular conflict conflict and moving them into a new emotional state so they can go back to playing. So your focus is not on the backstory. It's not on the details. It's on the future. You are looking for the path forward, just solving the problem to move them forward. So guiding them towards solving their own problem is what, you know, you're teaching them. You're teaching them how to, how to do it. So a couple of simple scripts for sibling conflict is kind of doing the connection tool a little bit, but without necessarily narrating everybody's emotions, you can just say, you two sound mad at each other and then set a a limit. I will listen as long as you speak quietly and one at a time. Who's going first? Okay. You go first and then you go second. He always goes first. He always goes second. Oh, looks like it's too much to talk to you guys right now. I will talk to you when you're both quiet. Then you start over. Okay, I'm going to pick. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to pick a number and I'm going to pick a number and you guys pick it and you think what number I'm picking and then you tell me which one it is and then whoever's closest is the one who goes first. Do you see how you're already like taking them out of the conflict (laughs) in some ways 
just by your calm presence. And then you set them again. You set the limit. They say four. They say seven. You're like, it was five. So you go first. Okay, go. And then you're like kind of listening, but not really. You're just figuring out the gist. Like, what's the conflict about? And then you can start to set a new limit. You are welcome to play with each other as long as you both take turns. Or I see the problem. You want to jump on the trampoline alone and you want to jump on it with your brother. So how do you guys want to move forward? How do you want to handle this? And like put it back on them. And then you can set a limit. Well, the trampoline is closed until you guys can figure out what you're doing. Or you're welcome to jump on the trampoline as long as you solve this problem. Now, if you have, uh, like your kids are starting to be physical with each other, you can say, I see two angry children who are about to hurt each other. We will talk about this after a five-minute separation break. Who is going to their room and who is staying here? Or you can say, you go there, you go there. You are the leader. You do sometimes need to tell people what to do. But the goal isn't to control them, right? It's the goal is to help move the problem forward so that there's a solution and giving everybody some time. Now, one thing about siblings that I like to point out is that it's not always two kids who have a conflict. Sometimes, actually kind of a lot, it's one kid who has big feelings that they don't know what to do with and they're creating a conflict. So that's one kid who needs emotional coaching and a limit. Usually it's the aggressor. Usually it's the one who is, you know, kind of creating the conflict. And that is not our instinct to, is to, our instinct is not to go to the person who is being aggressive. Our instinct is to go to the person who might be being hurt. And really go to the root of the problem. I don't mean your child is the problem, but their inability to manage their feelings is the problem. So go there, spend time with that kid. So you can say, looks like you have some big feelings. You're welcome to be in this room after you've spent five minutes with me in the kitchen. Or you're welcome to continue playing with your brother as long as there are no problems. Oh, there's a problem. Looks like you need to have a break. Do you want to be with me in the kitchen or do you want to go hang out in your room for a bit? So we're not sending kids to their room as a punishment. We're offering it as a safe place to go to calm their feelings. They can do it with you. They can do it by themselves. They can do it with a stuffed animal. They can do it outside. They can do it with a dog, right? If they have big feelings, they need some place to dump those. And being dumping them on their sibling is not going to work. So you want to narrate that to them like yes you can have all your feelings not here though not on him or her now I I'm a big fan with sibling stuff is closing areas (laughs) so you could see from my example I was like the trampoline is closed you are you know welcome to play on this after a five minute break or you're welcome to play on this as long as you guys have a plan for how you're going to take turns or you're welcome to play on this as long as there are no problems, whatever it is. You know, it's funny because I was just at Disneyland and I was on in line for the Matterhorn and the line, it broke and people really wanted to stay in the line and the 
Disneyland workers are like, no, you cannot stay here. This ride is closed. Go find something else to do. And they were right because if we stayed standing in line, we'd get angry. Like, when is it going to open? When's it going to open? When's it gonna... It's like sometimes you need people to close things and you need guidance. And that's what you are as the parent. So you can just say this room or this area is closed. You can come play here once I'm not worried about your arguing and yelling. So that could be the bathroom. That could be where you are. That could be the play area. That could be the car. That could be uh, the playground. Now, of course, there is some level of compliance that you need. You need your kids to, you know, not like break the door down and, you know, argue and like scream at you and hit you. They might. That's big feelings. Just be like, whoa, you're real mad that I closed that door. Yeah, you are screaming at me. Are you really, really mad at me? Yes. And you are just yelling really loudly. Yeah. Whew. Big, big feelings. Now, when I am modeling how to sound, it has to be genuine. I like to match affect, like the the tone or the energy behind the person who is their age or the level of intensity. It's called attunement when you do this well, but it also can sound like mocking if you are not calm. Um, so just do it out as it sounds natural to you. And you're, when you have a limit and you have to follow up on it, a lot of times big feeling cycles happen. They're temporary. They're shorter, especially if you just are like, yes, it is okay to be angry with my rule. Yes, it is okay to be disappointed that we're leaving the park. Yes, it is okay to be frustrated that your brother is going with daddy to Home Depot and you are staying home with mommy. Yes, it's okay to be, right? We're just validating like, yes, you can have those feelings. And then we can also offer ways for them to cope with those feelings. Um, here's a very sm simple little sibling example. Um, so then I'm going to wrap it up. It's like, you are welcome to sit at the table with us as long as you stop spitting on each other. That's a real one from my family. <laughs> All right. So hopefully this talking about the connection tool, talking about using the connection tool with siblings is going to give you just enough awareness of when you're in a meltdown, either in public or at your parents over the holidays or like at a friend's cookie decorating, you know, whatever they've got going on. If your kid is having a big feeling cycle and you want it to go faster, you might be tempted to threaten and bribe and fear and like manipulate them. You might, you can do that. It's fine. Do whatever you need to do to survive. And if you want to have fewer of them and you want them to actually go faster and actually be shorter um, and less intense, use this connection tool. It is for sure clunky in the beginning. Don't worry about it. I am giving you a hack to compassion and it doesn't come naturally. So just, you know, practice with the tool. If you love this tool, 
and you love this podcast and you love like, I want to learn how to do the limits. Like she says, I want to do these big feelings. Like she says, I want to, you know, handle my siblings like in this calm way. Like I want to stop being so yelly. I want to stop being reactive. If you are like thinking that right now, you really should be in this upcoming course that I'm teaching raise emotionally healthy kids. It's a three month parenting class taught live by me over zoom. I'm going to walk you through every single tool, every single concept from my Calm Mama framework. I'm going to teach it to you in like, you know, chunks, like 30 minute chunks, kind of like a podcast episode, and then stay, we're going to stay together for the next half an hour, 45 minutes to talk about it. So you can ask questions. It's a small group so that everybody gets a chance to talk and ask questions and get clarity. So I really invite you to do that course with me. We start January 5th runs through March 30th. It's $1,000 for the whole class. You can pay with a payment plan. It includes access to me in the middle of the week. Like you can email me, you can ask me questions. It also includes the entire online course. If you want to go back and rewatch something that I've taught or a concept, a concept or something like that. So you get that on demand course but you're learning it. You don't have to DIY it. You're not learning it on demand. You're learning it with me every Thursday from 9 to 10, 15 Pacific. So if you're on the East Coast, that would be noon. So it's great if you work or whatever. You know, you can do it right at your lunchtime. Um, and hopefully it's it's a good time that you don't have to pick up your kids, right? It's like the middle of the day. And I want you to be in there. You, In order to sign up, I really want to meet everybody before we start just to like kind of find out what everybody's background is and, you know, also help you decide if it's a good fit for you. So book a call with me. You can go to callmamacoaching.com and, you know, find uh, find the let's, let's chat link and book a call. We can talk. I'll let you know, like, you know, all the program and what it includes. And if you have questions like that, or if you're like, I don't know, will it work for me? We can do that. Whatever you need to talk about to make your decision, I want to help you make that decision. And um, I encourage you to be in that group with me. I I know it. I know this is um, going to be hugely transformative for the 10 moms that are in there. Um, there'll probably be about 12, to be honest. But anyway, this episode is coming out, I think, right before winter break, you guys. So I just, you know... I'm just sending you so much love while you spend this next couple of weeks with your kids. And there will be big feelings. There will be sibling conflict. There will be moments when your kids don't listen. And I guess I want you to know that it's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It doesn't mean your kids are, are like, you know, on a bad track. If you yell at them, it doesn't mean you're traumatizing them or ruining them. Just move on. Try to set, reset yourself, get back to that calm place, smile, (laughs) giggle a little bit, look at them, think this is pain talking, or this is just shenanigans and kind of find that lightness in you so that you can enjoy yourself and enjoy your kids this holiday season. And, um, I'll see you back here next week. All right. Have a great week.